Welcome to Forthright Gaming Podcast, gaming content made for gamers uh, by gamers. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Xbox Game Pass, and here with me uh, is my co-host David. Say hi, David, as you drink your drink. Hello. Yes. <laughs> so this week's show is a little bit different, right? We've been, t- been talking about games and gaming franchises and how they've been influential in the industry and how they've changed stuff. Today we're not necessarily talking about a game, we're going to be talking about a service, uh, which is Xbox Game Pass. Um, like I said, it might not be a franchise or a video game, but it is something that I believe will actually and has actually kind of changed the landscape of how the industry is going to work moving forward. Um, but first, let's uh, lay out some of the facts with Game Pass if you're not familiar. All right. So Xbox Game Pass launched June 1st in 2017. It was uh, Xbox initiative of, hey, we're going to give you 100 uh, games every month or 100 games like um, uh, you have access to uh, for a monthly subscription. And for the cherry on the top, they're going to throw in every Microsoft exclusive title was going to be available on Game Pass at launch day. So basically, like a Netflix service, how you Netflix is basically uh, we subscribe you a bunch of movies, uh, but the one cherry on the top here was that games like Halo or um, Gears of War and stuff like that was first party made by Microsoft Studios or by any of the twenty, I think two studios Microsoft had acquired, uh, will be. On Game Pass, day one, don't have to wait a couple days, don't have to uh, wait at launch, it will be there. So, uh, that is the basic gist of what uh, Game Pass is, is is that subscription service. Now, they kind of changed it since then to where it was originally $9.99 a month, uh, and you got 100 games to, well, it's $14.99 a month, and they do have what's called Game Pass Ultimate, which now includes the Xbox Live service as well, which is what you use to play multiplayer, send messages, talk, and chat to people online. Um, as well as, they've gone well above their 100 uh, game limit that they kind of originally suggested was there. They now have over 300 titles, including uh, what EA Play has brought to the offer since they basically consumed the EA Play service. Um, now, I didn't jump on this when it first came out. I think I purchased it... Uh, like a year or two in. Uh, when did you end up getting Game Pass? So funny story. I want to say I got it at the end of 2019, around November. And um, I caught a whiff of people talking on Twitter about how you could basically put on up to three years of Xbox Live on your account and then convert over to Game Pass because it, it automatically converted one-to-one. And then it gave you an extra month. Um, so I just loaded it up with another two years because I was under a year. And converted it over, and I mean now I've had Game Pass, and it doesn't expire until 2022. So it's it's been a good ride so far, kind of having some options to play games, especially with you know our friends up. We live in California now, you know. Obviously, we used to live near you in the Redmond area, but it's nice to have some multiplayer games we can play with some friends, and we don't have to play the game. We you know even if we don't like it, we could at least try something out, kind of like an arcade, but through your digital service. Yeah, and you're right, and that's the that's what you just said. Try games out is one of the key things that they used in, in the strategy of Game Pass, which was because they was uh, the the bar to access and cost was no longer there. People are likely to try games outside the genres that they know, right? Because when you're uh, budgeting your money and you have a budget, and you're living tight. When you buy a game, you're gonna buy a game that you know you're gonna play and you're gonna like and you keep playing it for hours and hours. It's a risk to spend that 60 bucks on a title that you don't know. 
<clears throat> and then it end up sucking and they try to trade it in and they give you like five dollars for it <laughs> so like people people who are definitely on a budget definitely think about what games they're going to get this opened it up to where people who were mainly played first person shooters might try rpgs and try puzzles and other different games in the uh in in the store in the or other genres in the industry that they don't might normally not try. And that actually is a stat that they notice go up that people are playing more in different games who have game pass. Now, um, like you said, when you jumped on, you did it and got the conversion, uh, was the conversion just a dollar or was it more back then? Uh, well, usually around black Friday, they'll do, um, get three months for a dollar. I don't know if that deal still going on for new subscribers, but that's what it was for me. So you get an additional three months for a dollar. And then every month of gold would automatically convert to one month of, of ultimate game pass. I don't know if the ultimate game pass conversion also is true. Um, I know we've talked about this offline, but there's a conversation about for a moment, they raised the prices on game pass. And then people were kind of talking about how, six months of Xbox Live Gold converts, I'm sorry, a year of Xbox Live Gold converts to six months Live Ultimate Game Pass and how they wanted to change the, the prices on, on Xbox Live Gold so that it coincided with the match pricing of Game Pass Ultimate. Um, so I don't really know if that part still holds true if you convert it one month to one month. I'm assuming if you're a new member, you still get the deal for a dollar, whether it's one month to three months, plus everything converts automatically over. Don't know if, if that still holds true if you cancel. Well, that that might as well. still be the case if you just convert to Game Pass because there's Game Pass and there's Game Pass Ultimate, which is $15 a month. The Ultimate uh, basically gives you access to the PC games that, are for, that come up for Game Pass, and it ties in Xbox Live as well uh, with the whole price. Um, so if you convert... A uh, year of, of gold over to uh, Game Pass Ultimate, it's only actually four months. So the conversion kind of sucks there in the future. And what they ended up doing to get a lot of people to get Ultimate was what if you have Game Pass now or if you didn't have Game Pass, you could update to Ultimate for a dollar and they would just convert all your stocked up time over. Now you have to kind of buy multiple uh, pa uh, year cards in order to boost up your game pass ultimate subscription as, as for as far in the future as you want um but uh that is probably like the biggest push at getting people to sign on and when um at first you know i thought nothing of that but now but after i heard what <coughs> phil spencer said explaining about how game pass actually works uh makes so much more sense now uh and that's the fact that with the game pass service uh, and you're getting all these uh, 100 plus or actually 300 plus games for free and have access with your monthly subscription. Um, the biggest question that I always have is like, hey, how does this work for developers? Like, how are they going to, if I launch my game day one on Game Pass and people are getting for a subscription, am I getting paid for like out of usage or you can pay it out of how many times it's downloaded um, or stuff like that? And Phil Spencer had a, a interview with The Verge back in November and he actually kind of explained that Microsoft doesn't have a set uh, way of how they pay developers for this service. So if a developer signs on, it's kind of up to the developer to kind of make terms. And they have some people who are like, hey, we've already sold as many copies as we can on the title. We'll put it on your service. And we just want uh, pay based off of uh, time time used or downloads. And so people, how, much, how long people are playing the title or how many people are using it. 
um, would re- result in a pay for them, where they just say, hey, give us this one lump sum, and then you can have the game on Game Pass. Now, some other uh, groups, what they've done, and I would think this probably goes for some more indie developers or some third-party developers, um, they sit there and say, hey, we want your game on Game Pass. We'll pay for the uh, the complete production cost of your title. So that's your labor, equipment, design, product time. They'll pay the entire bill of the title, and the title just launches exclusively on Game Pass. Now, when you think about that, they made a big push to, uh, with the service, which is very, uh, it's a very good deal for anybody who's a big gaming enthusiast, right? So everybody's going to jump over to Game Pass. The few holdouts who didn't, they did it all for the dollar, right? And got a ton of a uh, ton of extra features and whatnot with it, and wrapped their whole live built all into one nice package. Uh, with that, they have like I think now 15 million subscribers to Game Pass Ultimate. That means that they make $2.7 billion a year just in subscriptions. So when I, you hear that Microsoft is now going to some studios or some developers and saying, hey, we'll front your production bill and just give us the game. Kind of changes the game completely in a way that I think most people who have been talking about Game Pass lately and all the great games that are, sh- that are showing up on there, they are not realizing this one aspect. And the funny thing is, is that Netflix basically does this, and that's how you get Netflix shows, right? How Netflix can uh, spend money on The Witcher and on ma- making their own movies and stuff like that, right? Uh, because they just have a budget, a constant yearly budget that they can constantly pull from that will ver- which will fluctuate mildly throughout it, right? Uh, or reason why I never thought of it before like this is because like Netflix is not made like the blockbuster huge movie that everybody's talking right it's very niche things that they make that's because with this pay process of how that works microsoft has now opened it up to where developers no longer have to worry about a publisher schedule where publishers sitting there pushing them saying hey you need to hit this deadline hey we need to make sure we throw monetization in there so we can make some more money we gotta put more uh, loot boxes so we can get people addicted to stuff like throwing all that crap in there that gamers don't like, they no longer have to do that because you no longer have to pitch a game to a publisher and also pitch them what your projection profits are. Because Microsoft now just became one of the biggest, uh, they were a publisher, but they became an even more powerful publisher now because not only can people pitch them games that they're going to look at, all right, what's the bottom line profit from this is Call of Duty going to sell 250 million copies in the first day or something. Okay, that'll make us profit. They can now look at it as like, well, we got $2.7 billion. We'll pay for your game. Who cares what it does? We still got $2.7 billion at the end of the year anyway. Um, so that gives the ability for games for our wife, I feel like, to just be more what they should be, which is art, right? Like we went from a point where Games were developed to look, uh, because of the technical marvel, what they could do, right? It was all about gameplay. The first video game was chase the dot on the screen. So it was the interactivity that was po- what was pushing stuff. And then it was, uh, if you go past like Atari and all that and start hitting Nintendo, then it was like, oh, here's there's stories that we can tell. And it gets more, comp- more detailed. And then I feel like definitely last generation and um, the 360 generation is where it started is where monetization just became the focus of how people build games or how publishers want games to be made. So that's why we ended with games with DLCs for horse armor. 
that you had to pay for that was ridiculous and useless and the cosmetics and seeing that customers would buy this stuff. So now all our games are like, here's gameplay and a loot box system. Use it. Um, that's basically what pushes a lot of publishers. Now we can have games that will just tell good stories because they're not going to have to be focused on what the end profit of it is. Um, the flip side of this for the developers and what they've reported back is that they've seen 20% increase in sales of their titles because people are playing the games on Game Pass and saying, hey, David, go download this game. Let's play it together. Uh, and the other people want to have the game uh, just in case it leaves Game Pass. They end up buying it. So people are spending more. I think up to, I think the stat was 20% uh, Game Pass uh, members spend 20% more than normal uh Xbox Live members or normal people in the ecosystem. Correct. That's that was literally published on March twenty second, and we're recording on April fifth. So, yeah, that's that is accurate. And uh, one thing I wanted to add, and I was trying to pull up the article because I remember reading this like sometime during Christmas time and Thanksgiving last year, twenty twenty, where a developer was talking about how their game was out. I, I it was somewhere around six months to a year, and they were saying that when their game was on Game Pass. They still saw sales boosts because people would gift the game to people they know who didn't have Game Pass. And then they also had DLC, which then also saw a sales spike because if people already have the game, it's much more accessible to just make a you know $2, $5 purchase on, on Game Pass DLC. Plus, you already get, what is a 10%, 20% discount on Game Pass content. Um, so getting somebody a gift of like... Dead by Daylight, especially when it's on sale, I can buy it from my friends for like eight bucks instead of paying the full thirty bucks. So that's the that's an additional benefit you get there. But um, one thing I feel like's worth stating is my brother. It's him and his his son, right? Um, his daughter and his wife don't really play games, but so it's basically just him and his son. It gives him a way to sign up for one subscription because the way Xbox One works and Xbox Series X now is. All your licenses, including your Game Pass, persist on the single console on Xbox One generation and the Xbox X Series X generation. Now, the benefit of that is that console can be played by anybody and can download any of the games in the Game Pass suite on that console. If you are the owner of the Game Pass subscription, you can go to another Xbox One, Xbox Series X, download any games from Game Pass, and as long as you're signed in, you will maintain access to those games. So from his side, he benefits because his son gets to play Minecraft and he gets to play the other shooter games like Halo and whatnot. And he actually just started introducing the Halo. So it's a good way to play a lot of games on a budget, especially if you're not just trying to suffice one gamer, but multiple gamers on either a single console or in a single ecosystem in this case, which is yeah, Xbox. <clears throat> that's the, that's the great thing because it's games on a budget. And the realization is, especially as we get older is that, Hey, we have more important things to spend money on. We have bills and whatnot. We have to focus on, so I can't just go blow, you know, two two hundred dollars or something in games one month because of all the first person, all the AAA titles have come out. But this now eliminates that, especially when Microsoft's AAA titles that you want are going to be on Game Pass. Some of the EA uh, Plus games are going to be there probably a couple months, oh, a couple months after they come out. And any games that Microsoft can go to dev and say, "Hey, we're going to do this deal for you. Come put it on Game Pass, and people will go for it." Now, the funny, uh, interesting thing also is that, um, you know, obviously Game Pass is the only thing out there, right? There's PlayStation Plus, I believe, which is what PlayStation has. But I feel like when Netflix first started, like, we all thought, okay, it's just taking the DVD rental model and putting it online so you just stream stuff. 
and we weren't really thinking of oh they're going to make new content do or throw their own stuff in there or throw something in there that was going to really entice people to, to join up right when playstation plus looks like i think when sony looked at game at game pass they thought of it the same way because they said okay cool we're going to put a few of our like popular titles that are old on this on out here and give those away for free every month and give you a few titles that you can download and stuff. So, with how PlayStation Plus works, like they didn't offer as many games to begin with, and then also there's now a caveat with their system is that only some of the games you can download. The other games you have to do stream. You have to stream it to your uh, console, which depending on your internet speed and whatnot could cause lag in playing them. So, it's not even a full hey. The God of War series, here it is, download it and play it on your console. It's, all right, here's one God of War game. The other ones you have to stream to your console, and hopefully your internet is fast enough that you don't have any delays or anything. Um, so that's kind of a downside to it. And then um, what makes an even bigger kick in the nuts to uh, Sony is that Game Pass uh, also just announced that they're releasing a Sony's uh, a Sony game on Game Pass Day One with the MLB The Show Two is made by so- uh, San Diego Studio, uh, which is a Sony Interactive studio. So it's a first-party Sony uh, studio. They're putting their game Day One <laughs> on Game Pass. I mean, I guess the logic there is you get more users, more people playing your game. But if I have it on Xbox, why would I switch over to Sony to buy? Why would I buy a Sony PlayStation to to play? You know. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting one to me even because I know that, and I don't know if this is still true, but they had exclusivity with the MLB to produce a video game that replicates the MLB gaming. And when they had that exclusivity, a lot of people kind of were like, all right, I guess I'm locked into Sony's platforms, but now you're not really locked into it. So from a sports perspective, right, FIFA belongs to EA, Madden belongs to EA. Those two are cross-platform. If you're a baseball fan too and you want to play other sports games, now you can actually choose the Xbox as part of that ecosystem that you can play your sports games in. Now, whether or not you have the time to invest in that much sports gaming is up to you, but I do think that's interesting that you now have the option. But I'm honestly curious if they're going to do anything like what they've done with Call of Duty when Activision signed that... I guess timed exclusivity, right? Or same thing with Destiny, right? Where there was some content hitting on the PlayStation ahead of the Xbox. I think that yet yet remains to be seen, as well as if it's you know more buggy than the PlayStation version. Okay. Yeah. So that raises some questions as to Sony who's trying to compete here, and like Sony spent the last generation claiming that exclusive exclusives are what sells consoles. They and they've been selling their consoles strictly almost on the advertising of. Uh, come to PlayStation, we have all the exclusives, which has definitely been the, uh, the truth in the past uh, generation, right? Uh, PlayStation 4 has a lot of really good exclusive games. But now Microsoft kind of came out in the last generation saying, hey, we're going to go a different different way. We want people to play games wherever they want to play games at. So they started doing Xbox games with uh, Play Anywhere on your PC. And now with... Um, now with where they are now, you can kind of see, okay, all that stuff that they're doing back then, they're playing this chess game and they're just 10 moves ahead of Sony. And they were playing the long con. We're like, man, you guys are sucking. You're buying all these studios, but we have no games. You have, you've sitting here and you're investing in all this stuff, but we still don't have any exclusives. Where are all our exclusives? Right. 
and then boom comes 2021. We don't have a ton of exclusives yet, but it sounds. But a lot of those studios should be uh, dropping a bunch of titles within the next uh, year and a half. I think that uh, Microsoft grabbed. They uh, grab uh, Bethesda for I think what seven billion dollars, and say okay, all Bethesda's games are going to be anywhere Game Pass mm-hmm. is available at. So. Sony gets to have their couple exclusives that they have with that already, but any games moving forward, they're always all going to be on Game Pass, um, which makes you think Sony putting MLB the Show on Game Pass, are they going to adopt it and let Game Pass be on their platform? If they do that, then they would be able to have Bethesda titles that they so desperately want, but you'd also be just feeding people into the the Microsoft ecosystem, which would be crazy. I couldn't. I totally can't see that happening, but that that's one of the theories going around. I think it's also worth mentioning that, to me, the, I think the best purchase so far has been limited to two studios, in my opinion, and that's got to be Obsidian Entertainment, and um, oh my God, their their name is escaping me. Um, Tim Schafer's studio. Oh, Double Fine. Uh, Double Fine. Thank you, Double Fine. I really like a lot of their backlog games. You know, uh, Full Throttle. Um. Oh my God! There's Brutal Legends, Grim, Fan- Grim, Fandango. Grim Fandango, Brutal uh, Legends. I didn't personally enjoy, but Gr- Grim Fandango was really good. I mean, Day of the Tentacle. If if you're into the old Scum games, right? For those who who know what that is, you know they they make a lot of really good fun games. And Obsidian just came out recently with Outer Worlds, which I feel like is a good alternative option for those who are kind of looking for something that's like a Fallout, Mass Effect sort of game. <clears throat> Um, probably not as up to par as Mass Effect. When you say Mass Effect, you're kind of making some lofty claims, but I would say it's still really enjoyable. Obsidian's narratives are very well executed. People often talk about how New Vegas was their preferred Fallout 3. Um, granted, it was buggy. I'm not going to get into that, <laughs> but I would say that there's a lot of good things that you could see coming from Obsidian and from Double Fine, and that's on top of you know Bethesda's Doom um, I mean, just talking about what you even have access from from Bethesda alone is a lot, but you also still have all the games from EA Play. You know, we were discussing a moment ago before we jumped on. You know, you you get Star Wars, you get Madden, you get FIFA, you get Need for Speed Heat, um, NHL. So there's a lot of games you get offered through EA Play, um, and that's you know not even getting into Bethesda where you get Doom, you get Dishonored, the remastered edition, Oblivion. <coughs> Morrowind, Prey, Fallout 4, Wolfenstein, um, The New Order, um, Old Blood. And you get these, a lot of these games too, you also get on the PC, right? Like Elder Scrolls Skyrim, the the special edition. You can also get that on PC. I don't know if the saves work between platforms because I've only played it on Xbox One. But that's great to know that you have options to play between both platforms. And like, like I said with my brother, right? Let's say you play on a PC, your son plays on the Xbox, no problem. Play it on the PC, have your son play on the Xbox, and you can have both and enjoy them because, you know, you're having one dedicated system do each thing for you. Yeah, the versatility that uh, you can do with Game Pass is is another great selling point of it. As much as this is a Game Pass commercial for a podcast, uh, I'll get into, like, the real meat (laughs) here is what you got to look at this is that this is the Hulu of video games, right? So what's going to happen in the future? We already have things like EA Play, and Ubisoft has their UPlay Club, and these developers have some. Of the, some of these developers have their own uh, subscription services or groups they want you to join, so they can kind of keep tabs on their customers. But they'll reward them with being able to have access to games and whatnot. But 
nobody want gamers don't want to have multiple launchers on their PC. They don't want to have multiple subscriptions either. If Sony doesn't step up their game with how they d deliver the, their stuff, Xbox is going to be the one all be all streaming service for getting your games to the most people. And people will just jump into getting Game Pass so that they can play a ton of different games, <clears throat> all just for a simple monthly subscription. They can download their games so they get to play it as if they own it anyway, without any la possible lag from uh, from a sync. You know, one thing I was, I was going to add, because you made me think about this as you were saying, that is, if you have a PS5, even if they had a Game Pass on PlayStation, it's not even worth it. You only have, what, half a... Like, it's like a weird amount of memory space on the hard drive and you can't expand that so if if you want to experiment with games xbox series x right you've mentioned how quick everything loads you have a terabyte add another terabyte boom you got like two terabytes ready to go you could just download a bunch of games try them out delete what you don't like but if you have a ps5 you're not going to get very far you're only going to download so much that you can install and you're going to be quickly deleting and installing all the time so PlayStation not only doesn't have like just the, the software and networking infrastructure, the hardware doesn't even really support that model, at least at this time. Yeah, they don't have to, to re-implement being able to just plug in a USB external drive, which was baffling why that wasn't included anyway, because like um, Xbox, uh, I think 360 lets you plug in a, a drive. The Xbox One lets you plug in any uh, regular hard drive into it via USB. And the Xbox Series X also kept that same... Uh, capability so you could basically take all your games and just plug it in and play plus microsoft's big push for backwards compatibility means that they not only were able to launch a console this year without having to have a ton of uh AAA games lined up to lined up for launch they're able to launch it saying hey we have a console launch with over a thousand titles available on it because they can include what the new games are and all the back catalog for the last two generations basically so they're offering so much more bang for its buck and then becoming more like, hey, we're going to be a hub and we're also going to help pay developers to build game to make games. Things that would never, ever fly on uh, a pitch meeting are now being made. Uh, back in the day, those things were like the indie games that were really crappy for like two or three dollars. <laughs> but now you can have a game where Microsoft can say, hey. Again, we have $2.7 billion, right? How much does it cost to make a AAA game? 60 to $80 million? Cool. Let's front that money. And they can literally put out 40 AAA titles a year. We don't get 40 AAA titles every year. We get like maybe five or six that are AAA, and the other ones are AA or, or lower, basically. So with this model, and if they ever get some competition, whether it be... <clears throat> how Steam, whether Steam does something or PlayStation uh, gets to their act together, you have a mega publisher now that could help get lots of things just made and out to the grander audiences. So things like, um, what's the imposter game that everybody's playing? Imposter? Yeah, there's a game where... Talking about Secret, Secret Neighbor? No, I'm talking about the one that everybody's playing on PC now. It's the one where... Every, there's there's an imposter and they're killing everybody on a on a ship or something. I forget what that game was called. God damn it. I don't apologize. No. So you have games like um Undertale that came out years ago but was to critical acclaim that's now an Xbox Game Pass. 
that's something that the more majority of people can actually try and experience now and uh, play. Uh, I think the Fallout guys are coming uh, as well to Xbox. That's the game a lot of people are playing. And uh, Among Us, that's the game I was thinking of where you're the imposter. Uh, Among Us uh, will be coming as well. So these are games that, like, when they first launched, <clears throat> nobody played. Like, Among Us came out, I think, a year and a half ago, and nobody was playing. It had its low user base, and then Twitch grabbed onto it and started streaming it, and their user base just grew. Things like that now no longer have to be made kind of by a small studio, gets a small release, nobody knows about it, and has to wait for word of mouth. They can now be produced and have marketing all that through Microsoft, and then boom, they're out there for everybody to see all at once at the, uh, in the front, you know? Yeah, because you have a good point there. When I log onto the console, it often will recommend one of the tiles new on Game Pass, and it's like, oh, cool, I didn't know that Doom Eternal is now on there. Actually, I remember hearing about the acquisition, but it still had to go through that process to be finalized. I actually didn't know it was finalized until I logged on the Xbox, and I saw Doom Eternal was there, and I installed it. So... There's a lot of good stuff there, and I mean, it's tough because I'm trying to remember that one title that's being developed by that new studio that was formed in, I believe, in Santa Monica. Um, had really talented people behind it, AAA studio. It's I think that's a good example of an expensive risk they can take. Um, that title hasn't been talking about, by the way, so, you know, believe me when I say, like, I don't even know what's going to be coming out of that studio. I just know that they're a big studio with a heavy talent, very expensive people, mind you. So using Game Pass to kind of funnel stuff out is great. Um, I I know a lot of people also talked about Microsoft buying Sega a lot. That was heavily rumored for a while on the internet. I totally thought that was going to I totally yeah. didn't think that was going to happen. I'm like, Sega doesn't make good games, though. Their, their games that they've come out with have been messed, so I wouldn't buy Sega. I thought the rumor Yakuza. that they were going to buy... Uh, Ubisoft made more sense. Like, yeah, buy Ubisoft, get their library, and then maybe start making some games that feature women as the main character without having to twist your arm and have a se- have a harassment scandal on your back. Ubisoft actually would have made more sense. <clears throat> I don't know how that that you know the stock buyout would have worked or whatnot in the overall cost. You know, because I remember Vivendi Universal was involved in a bit in raising their stocks, and then they basically sold everything because U- Ubisoft stocks was too much, but. Um, Sega has kind of put a lot of their chips in the Game Pass bag. You know, they started releasing a lot of the Yakuza games. I believe Bayonetta is in there as well. Um, so it's interesting seeing a lot of these games from from big third party publishers also move <coughs> over as well as part of their business model. Well, I didn't see the big thing with Yakuza is because Yakuza was a game series that you could only originally play on PlayStation. It was, and I knew some people who swear by the Yakuza series, saying it's so good, everybody has to play it. The only way to play was you had to buy into that ecosystem. Um, now you don't. Like I was seriously looking like, hey, Yakuza, okay, I have a PS4. Should I go back and buy the PlayStation 3 Yakuza games or all the Yakuza games and play them on the PlayStation? And as soon as I saw that place, that Yakuza 0 showed up on Game Pass, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure the other six titles are going to show up here sooner or later. And then, boom, all, <laughs> they all showed up. So it's like I don't have to switch ecosystems. I can play on my my Xbox. All the games, all the games have achievements added to them, so gamer score goes up, which is also always great. So, like, like you said, this kind of changes. You developers and our publishers are going to have to start thinking of a different way of how to make games, right? Because you look at Activision Blizzard, right? They constantly fire hundreds of people 
all throughout the year, even though they make record profits. But they only make games based on the concept of what's it going to bring in a profit when it, when it goes retail and how's it going to continue to make money. Because that, they have shareholders are always going to expect them to make more and more and more money, which means the way they make that meet with the, when their games don't sell or when those uh, microtransaction uh, schemes don't work is they fire people so they can have a higher profit by the end of the year. That's constantly what we've been seeing happen year over year over year. Now, with a system where it's like, hey, we don't have to worry about monetization. We can just uh, get more subscribers. Well, the more games they keep adding to Game Pass gives more and more people reasons to join it. It's way easier to convince people to spend $15 a month than to spend $60 or $70 on a video game. Uh, and especially in the fall when, you, when basically the industry expects us all to spend 50 or 60 bucks on a video game for like eight games in a three month period, because that's when they're all coming out with their AAA titles. So I think the future is, is we're going to see more things like this. And then it's going to be a fight like with Hulu, like Hulu has with uh, Amazon, right? Who can get what TV networks exclusive to their platform so people will buy it. Right. It's then well, the future for gaming, I think it will eventually turn into, it's going to be who can buy the developer to exclusively release on their subscription service. Um, and make and that's where you're gonna end up having final exclusives will be either uh, first party or it's gonna be hey I bought this I paid this developer to exclusively release it on my um, uh, their games on my service and not yours which does raise the price on that stuff but we're seeing that more and more people are buying games more and more people are playing stuff so people are spending more money when they don't have to worry about the initial buy-in uh, which is always the a great thing for the industry so that's just where i see it definitely going and when i realized that it's like oh wow we can actually have uh video games back how they used to be where they're just trying to tell cool stories and have, give you cool experiences instead of okay cool we made this game it's kind of bare bones the the voice acting isn't great there might be a couple bugs but hey we got these cool outfits for you or the other half of the game that's all behind this paywall <laughs> just pay us money and we'll give you the good shit like, no, <laughs> just make a really cool game to, to get with. And that's kind of like, that's a good example of that is Outriders. That's a another experiment that's basically happening that probably would not have gotten made um, without them probably discussing Game Pass uh, months and months ago, months ago before they made their announcement. Because here's a game that's being made uh, that is a multiplayer online shooter kind of like destiny but destiny relies on microtransactions here's a game that has zero microtransactions uh with it and they don't plan to have uh they don't have a roadmap of more stuff coming out they just made it here's the entire game here it is to see how that was going to play instead of doing this monetization and roadmaps and things being delayed and nothing a game not being complete when you buy it so i think we'll get better quality games in the future for this uh, we'll have game. We'll be able to access gaming cheap, uh, cheaper, and more people will be able to get involved with it, which is what everybody's goal seems to be overall. Um, and we'll start seeing this more with uh, TV and movies too. Like we kind of a little bit RER with Disney and HBO uh, services, right? A good example is Marvel TV shows like WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. 
they're not filmed on a TV schedule where you have to film an episode in a week. That's why TV shows have like really crappy special effects. The fight scenes are really poorly choreographed because they can't spend five days shooting an action sequence. They have to do it in a, a couple hours and then move on. With those systems now where they have a constant income of money, they can now just say, okay, film this. We can release it episodically or weekly if we want to. That way we can entice more people to keep joining our platform and keep giving us this big bankroll that we can just keep funding stuff. So you have that with those shows in Disney+. Plus. The, Zyder, the Snyder Cut of Superman is a perfect example of this. That's a movie that would never be made in normal circumstances. Justice League already came out. Warner Brothers would not go back to Zack Snyder and say, hey, go ahead and uh, make, make another another version of this movie and we'll put it out too. Like that wasn't going to happen, right? But because they had a bankroll from the subscription process, they could say, okay, make your four-hour movie, do whatever you want, just make it. And that's why you have a four-hour movie that still has things where like, they should have cut this. Why is this still here? Because he wanted to put his complete vision out there. Game developers, filmmakers, and artists don't usually get to do that. They usually have to compromise. Now we have a platform or a a model where in, the industry can make money and artists can just be artists again and just make us good quality content. Anything yeah, else? And, yeah, one thing I was going to say, or yeah, a few things here. So what I'm really curious about is what their plans are. Microsoft, when they did, we were discussing earlier about how the price of gold wasn't going to transfer equally or was well, they were trying to make it cost-wise transfer equally to Game Pass. There was then the discussion immediately about them dropping gold to be required to play online on free-to-play games, right? And then now there's this discussion going on because on the PC, I can chat on the PC without gold with somebody on Xbox, but for the moment, at least, you know, feel free to let me know if this has changed. You can't do it in reverse. I have to have gold to do online gaming and, and whatnot and do party chat all on an Xbox console. Yeah, I think they've only changed that with free-to-play weekends or free-to-play, uh, like a free-to-play weekend game, where before it was everybody can download the game and play it for free, but you couldn't chat or anything if you didn't have gold. They've now made it so on those weekends you can. But I think that's because they have to look at that service of Xbox Live and how do you dismantle that and integrate it into what's coming now uh, because the reasons why those things are there is because those were features back in the day, right? Now it's just a common thing. If you're going to play games online, I better be able to talk to people. But back in the day, it was, oh, you can play games online with people. Oh, now you can talk to them by voice chat and you can easily send messages where back in Dreamcast days, that wasn't the easiest thing to do. <laughs> Sitting there with a keyboard, how to type out everything you want to say to people or you had people on your, cell phone, on your phone line while you were trying to uh, play online with them. So... I can totally see them having to figure out that problem and they'll probably eventually just make live the, all those features just, Hey, here's part of game pass ultimate. And they may try to raise game pass open price a little bit more, but I think they I don't think they could break the $20, uh, mark, not for a few years yet, uh, until quality of gaming goes up because the push for monetization has definitely pushed quality down because they've tried to hit, uh, due dates they try to hit uh, milestones and then they get pushed to more, more focus more on the money-making aspect of it that we get 
buggy broken games that need a roadmap to it and then updates and then never come out as uh, complete on day one. Yeah, and you know, this is kind of a side subject, but I feel like it's definitely worth pointing out is Microsoft Rewards Program. You and I are, are both members of the Microsoft Rewards Program, and if you play Xbox, I highly recommend you join this program because you can get the Microsoft Rewards app on your Xbox, you can put it on your phone as well, and you can basically... Every achievement is, I believe, 50 points, and every week they have challenges, every month they have challenges, and I mean, I've, over the last few months, I've I've got about, you know, 20 bucks worth, which is perfect. I mean, we were talking about Dead Space recently. I actually bought the DLC, converting my Microsoft Reward points into a $10 change balance on my account, which I then made the purchase to buy Dead Space 3's Awakened DLC. So... If you have Game Pass, it's definitely worthwhile to sign up for Microsoft Rewards so you can leverage those points, which you can then convert into Xbox Live money. And one of the things, big reason I bring that up is there's multiple times where the weekly challenge, when you're on a streak, you get more and more points. You know, like eventually I'll hit a point where I get two and a half bucks just from continuing the streak, right? Well, one of the issues is you have to get three achievements. I can't sit there and grind the same game to get all the achievements because some of the achievements take so long, I just don't have the time. But if you have Game Pass, you can kind of just download a few games, get a few achievements easy peasy, and then you're you're continuing your streak. And then you can use that to help buy more DLC. You can gift games with it. So there's a lot of added benefits where Game Pass can even kind of help you buy more games, which is interesting approach, but I think it's very worthwhile for... Cause Game Pass really is, I recommend it for people who are avid gamers but are on a budget or you have multiple players in a single household. Then you can have Microsoft Rewards to then earn more money to buy free games and DLC, which makes it even better in terms of being a value purchase. Honestly, you can actually go online and people have figured out what you have to do with Microsoft Rewards and how many thing, and how to complete stuff so that you they never have to pay for uh, Game Pass Ultimate again. <laughs> uh, there actually are tutorials out there like, do these things, make sure you do all the online stuff, and then you'll make enough points every month to buy at least a month card and keep you going. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's, like, intended to happen or that's just a coincidence. Because I know, like, originally when they had rewards, they gave you way way too many points. I remember one year I ended up with, like, 85,000 points. I was like, wow. I'm buying a ton of games because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can easily get a $50 game for, well, like – like well, I usually go wait till I get like twenty three thousand points was like, is like twenty five dollar gift card. But back then it was almost, uh, it wasn't a a point to point conversion, but it was almost like, uh, man, it definitely had a higher value. It had a higher value. I remember yeah. that. I do remember that, and like I remember, I was astonished that I had eighty five dollars in games to spend or something because of all the points that uh, how it converted over. Um, but like I said, that's. That could be another podcast just going over that. Um, but that's kind of a, they kind of built a way for people to game the system there and still enjoy and getting more games with how Game Pass is, is working and where we can go with the future with this. I think it's just endless and it would be I'm excited to see where that goes. I think more people can play games and more people are going to try things that they would normally try. Like back in the day when we played Nintendo, man, like you would borrow. Nintendo games from your neighbors because that's how you would get access <laughs> to playing a bunch of different games. 
Because I mean, even then, when the games were twenty bucks, my parents wouldn't spend twenty bucks on a Nintendo game. <laughs> they refuse to do <laughs> that stuff. Um. So I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I was just gonna say, I I personally listen to uh, another podcast that strictly focuses on on Game Pass games, and it's called Game Pass Grab Bag. And I would personally recommend them if you don't really have the time to play a lot of games, but you kind of wanna just get some ideas about games you want to play. You could just download their podcast kind of listen to it i know ian talks about some of the games on on game pass as well um but it's just kind of another option out there for you to use as a tool to find more games you want to play um but they keep adding games to game pass every month um it's definitely interesting with the bethesda games coming on like with doom eternal and whatnot so it's to me i remember thinking when i got game pass i was like you know i'm gonna sign up i'm probably gonna cancel when this three years is up and just go back to gold or whatever it becomes at that point but I'm feeling a little hard-pressed to do it now because it gives me a full library. Once I get an Xbox Series X, I'm going to have that library carry over. I still have my Xbox Ones. So it's it's going to be tough kind of jumping over uh, off of Xbox Game Pass once you've already built it as part of your you know your gaming setup. Yeah, they, they got you hooked there, man. Just in there uh, playing all their <laughs> games. So that's our show this week. Uh, we want to just talk about Game Pass and uh, explain, like, this really is a huge value and, uh, as far as a cons- from consumers go developers get paid what they want because they get to make they get, sh- get to negotiate the terms with Microsoft gamers get what they want and while we now have a bright future ahead of us of games focusing on what the story and the game should be and not on how to make money off of it because that's never where gaming was originally right the guy invented Pong thought it was cool not hey do I, how do I monetize this so people keep spending money if that was what we always thought about, there would be no console industry, right? Because consoles killed the arcade almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could ask you one thing about Game Pass, what games would you recommend? Because I know my wife loves Peggle 2. I love the original 2016 Doom. Um, Master Chief's another good option. But what would you recommend to people who are thinking about Game Pass? So not only do you, will you get like great games like what you just mentioned there, but you'll get to experience uh, some of the biggest... Uh, franchises uh, in the industry, like the Mass Effect trilogy, is on there uh, for the original uh, th- uh, backwards compatible games from the EA Play. Uh, Star Wars Fallen Order is another great single player game to play through. They added uh, Star Wars Squadrons uh, recently, which is a great multiplayer uh, fighter pilot uh, sim game. Um, I'd also say the Dishonored series is a great experience to go through and. Prey was one of the most critically acclaimed games that uh, I think it was Arcane Studios, another one owned by Bethesda, uh, has. And on top of all this, Xbox has <laughs> FPS boost on some of the on a lot of their titles. A lot of the ones are from Bethesda as well. So some of these old games now play in sixty frames a second. <laughs> so like they're buttery smooth too. So even more reason to jump in. Um, so if you are Xbox owner. Get Game Pass. It's definitely worth your while, and you'll be able to play more and experience more on a budget. Uh, if you don't have the Xbox and PC, Game Pass Ultimate works for that as well, or they have a Game Pass for PC. So they have a bunch of PC games there as well as the ones that are cross-platform. Um, and if you're a PlayStation owner who's sitting there hating on uh, PlayStation, uh, hating on a Game Pass, well, I can understand why. You guys don't have the same thing. <laughs> If you could find an Xbox, jump in. Uh, otherwise, uh, sorry, you guys got PlayStation Plus and 
what they what they're doing they were streaming their major titles to you so we'll catch you next week uh thanks for listening have a good one and all music is provided by scott dw please go to scottdw.com to download his music whenever you want <laughs>